G'day guys. Now before we dive into today's show, I have a huge announcement to make. Now as you all know, I've been working on my brand new book called Investing in the US, The Ultimate Guide to US Real Estate. And I am super pumped to announce that it is now live on my website. It is live on Amazon. So please jump over to readgoosens.com forward slash books and grab a copy today. All proceeds from the sale of this book goes to charity. So remember to jump over to read goosens.com forward slash books and get your hands on one today. Now back into the show. We could ramble on about the wrong data, edge financial education. You know, we could go on about so many different things of why people fail, but there's one thing that's really at the core of everything that I see over and over and over. And that's that they don't have a strategy. Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S. podcast. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the U.S., how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow and ultimately create extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of welcoming back one of my guests that I had on this podcast way back in episode 56, which means it would probably have been back in 2017. I'm speaking with none other than the Cashflow Ninja himself, Mr. MC Laubscher. Now, for all of those people out there who haven't listened to episode 56, I really encourage you to go and do so. But I'll give you a bit of a background on MC, and he can dive into it when I welcome you on the show. But MC is the creator of the top-rated podcast for business and investing on iTunes, also called The Cashflow Ninja. That's why he got his name. And he's the president and chief wealth investment strategist at Producers Wealth, a wealth creation and advisory firm. I know he's been kicking some massive goals in the last 18 months, and I'm really excited to have him back on the show. But enough out of me. Let's get him out here. G'day, MC. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Doing fantastic, Reed. Thank you so much for having me back on. Great to connect, mate. Mate, it has, has been great to connect. And a little bit in the green room before we hit record here, we were talking um, a lot about what you've been up to. Do you want to give the uh, the listeners 
who, who probably have listened to that episode 56. But just what, what have you been up to in the last 18 months, mate? Because I know you've added a few, uh, few to your tribe. <laughs> we're definitely a growing family so we've got a young baby boy that's 20 months now already it's just crazy how time flies and we just welcomed our baby daughter uh in december of last year mid-december so she's uh she's almost six weeks old so we're definitely a growing family uh and uh, it's a it's a lot of fun a lot lack but not a lot of sleep but a lot of memories and a lot of fun right yeah, well, I personally don't know uh, anything about kids because I've got a dog and that's hard enough, right? <laughs> but you were saying earlier in the piece in the, when we we're talking offline, just how you've had to re-prioritize uh, stuff. You know, when when you when you're planning stuff out, you know, you, you you're very much a, a go-getter and a doer. And you okay by this date, I'm going to have it done. But now you've had kids to the mix. How's that changed your goal achievement and and, and your view on how you achieve your goals? Yeah, it's it's so it's been very humbling for me because I usually you know have certain targets and I'm pretty uh, yeah I'm pretty ruthless going after it right so I get up and go after it and the one thing that um, you know having kids and and having a growing family has definitely taught me is you know obviously uh, blocking time better I mean I'm getting up earlier and I'm going uh, going to, to bed a little bit later but yeah you really have to plan everything down to the minute and also you have to accept that when you set certain parameters and time frames to achieve your goals in you have to be flexible because you still want to deliver quality work and then when if you don't have enough sleep or you know, uh, you're a little bit tired, you're not firing on all cylinders. It's okay. It's, you know, it's right. okay to say, you know, I'm going to do this at a different time when I'm more focused, I'm more energized. My, my mind is, is, uh, is much more clearer. So I have a lot of more clarity and, and I can work much better. So it's definitely been a humbling experience, but it's a great lesson. It's a great life lesson. You know, you continue to learn, you continue to make adjustments. So, uh, it's it's been uh, one of the gifts of many that uh, these uh, children has, have given me. You know, it's a really interesting point that when when we touched on it briefly, I've spoken a little bit about it on this show, and we all as entrepreneurs struggle with this. Like, you know, we, we're sitting in our own cinema. Like, we 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 view our, our life twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You know, and we're always trying to do more, 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 more. And you you know, I'm very guilty of putting I, I call it putting too many pots on the stove, right? Mm-hmm. And it just and it just it's boiling, and because you you think you got to get it, yeah, I'll, I'll do this extra thing, and that's gonna. But back to what you're saying, the quality can't be compromised. And I think when you keep in mind targets versus goals like a goal has a time frame attached to it where a target mm-hmm. is like you know i want to you know produce a really well 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 produced podcast or, or i want to get to a thousand units or i want to have x amount of dollars under under management and and someone always said to me is like does it really matter and particularly with kids you know you've got kids when you're speaking to your grandkids when you're 80 years old whether you you know in my case whether i had 2000 units in 2018 or 2022 does it really matter to them uh you know as long as you've had a good life and and the answer is it, it doesn't matter right like it's it's all about perspective and, and trying to take away that time you still want your targets you still want your goals but understanding that having that mental clarity and that calmness to be i'm okay with allowing myself just to sit this or, or, or let it take a little longer than what I maybe had done it in the past. And it sounds like you're, you're experiencing a first hand, mate. <laughs> yeah. And your score, your scorecard changes too, right. like you just mentioned, right? So that's essentially what happens because you want uh, this, this whole thing and this whole journey that we're on. And one of the big things is freedom. 
and time freedom more specific, specifically, right? So you don't want to let your health go. You don't want to let your relationship, especially with your wife, go and your children um, and, and all of the other things. And then your business is, is only part of it. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we're very driven and uh, many of your guests are very driven and we're going after it. And, you know, we have big dreams and big goals, but it's also great to to have everything uh, very well balanced. Because I, I truly believe, I mean, if executed properly, you can hit the goals in all these different areas. You know, you can have phenomenal health. You could have a great uh, relationship with your spouse, right? You can have great relationships with your kids. You can have a great business you, and, and businesses, you know, uh, and you can have great relationships with friends and still enjoy all the other different things. So, yeah, I mean, you, and, and also have a great spiritual life, right? Your, your connection, um, spiritually. Uh, so yeah, you could, you could, you could still do all of these things. It's just, uh, it's interesting how they, they all develop, right? Right. And, uh, how it all ties in. It's part of, it's part of learning. It's part of the journey. Well, it's also part of just being an entrepreneur as well. Like you, you say so many people and I'm guilty of it as well. I'm sure you've been guilty of it when you're, when you're in your younger days, when business may have taken over health or relationships or, yeah. you know, relationships with family or whatever. And that's, and going back to personally, you know, I, I've spoken a lot about it on this show, like I, I have regrets of certain things that's happened in my life. And, you know, but now you've got to re, reprioritize and, and there's a difference between priorities and, and goals, as I've said before, making sure you're prioritizing your health and prioritizing sleep. And, and, and you know, really health comes first for me. Then, then as you said, your relationships. And I've got one in there called love, which is kind of like your spirituality, you know, treating people correctly. And I can't yeah. treat people correctly if I don't have enough sleep because I get grumpy, right? And then the last one is business. And, yeah. you know, you have to be successful across all platforms because you can't just be, oh, well, I'm really successful at business, but I've got a shitty life. You know, I've got, I've got, my, my wife's dumped me and, you know, I'm cheating on my wife or whatever that might be. It's you got to be across all of it and, and I think it's really important that sometimes with kids or with, with new responsibilities like you've got you, 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 your mind changes a little bit to make sure you're, you're equally distributing yourself across you know the, the four different priorities that you have in your life any comment on that? <laughs> yeah and it's a great time to have this conversation because it's the beginning of the year right so everybody's got New Year's resolutions and different goals and targets and, and so forth so it's very important to track them to and review and I love those uh, different categories that you have. So it's a great, it's a great, great to sit and reflect weekly or even do it daily as you're journaling, right? Am I growing in all those areas? Cause uh, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, uh, the goal right there is to grow in all the different areas that are important to you, not just one. Exactly. Mate, I want to get into sort of the meat and potatoes of today's show, but one question I have before we do is I, we were speaking offline You've just rebranded. Uh, you were Vahala Wealth. You're now Producers Wealth. Walk, walk us through, walk, you know, the listeners through what you do besides your, your podcast, but what you do on, on a day-to-day basis outside of podcasting. Yeah, so um, at the, I think it was at the beginning of 2018, um, we rebranded from uh, Valhalla Wealth to Producers Wealth, which was a great exercise in itself to getting very, very clear on who we are serving and who are we out there to produce value for. So producers, I include entrepreneurs, investors, business uh, owners, and then also busy professionals. They're the producers uh, that, that we talk to and they're the audience and the, and the target of our 
of our, of our clientele, the, the majority of our clients. So yeah, what we do is we help them create um, wealth outside of Wall Street. We do that through uh, many different vehicles and, and many different strategies, but it's, a, it's an alternative where we, we use uh, insurance vehicles and alternative investments. Uh, most of the investments that your listeners are familiar with, multifamily, mobile home park, self-storage, assisted living facilities, a lot of different syndications, um, also life settlements um, as part of the package of the insurance stuff. And then we also um, basically bring it all together in a strategy for them uh, based on the, the infinite banking concept. So yeah, so we, that's, that's what we do. Um, we, we, have a, we have a lot of fun. Uh, providing as much value for those folks. We learn a lot from our clients as much as we teach. So it's been a, it's been a phenomenal experience. It's been great. You know, when you do rebrand things a little bit and you change up marketing, you never know. I mean, you know, anybody, anybody that told you that they figured it out, <laughs> you know, they're lying. They haven't figured it out. Um, you know, you just try and figure things out on a daily basis and, and try different things and see, see what works. So, so how do you come up? Cause you bring up a really good point there about your marketing and rebranding because a lot of people go through it and one thing you just said uh you had to get really clear on i guess and i wrote down here mission statement i guess that was what you had to get clear on right like valhalla wealth it's a really weird you know when i first interviewed you i was like i couldn't even pronounce it you know like how did you and now you're going to producers wealth it's so much more it's so simple so mm-hmm. maybe walk through that transition because that's, that's kind of interesting to the, the business owners listening to here. When you do rebrand, how do you get your message across and how do you be really laser focused on that mission statement in order to put it across your marketing, put it across your, you know, maybe a couple of phrases. Do, do you have any, is your, is your mission statement changed compared to what you were at Bahala Wealth? No, I mean, our mission is still the same. Our target has changed a little bit. What I will say is this, I think, and here's a very important lesson that I've learned too, is for business owners too, is you can be passionate about things, right? You can be very passionate about certain things and the, the, the values and the brand and all that, that stuff. But uh, are you purpose driven within that, right? Is the why strong enough? Because I think there's a, there's a lot of people that start with projects and businesses and they're very excited. They're very passionate. They're interested in it. You know, it might've been a hobby before it became a business, but there wasn't really any purpose and mission to it. So we really do uh, believe in our mission, and that is to help uh, these producers create their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy and in any market. Um, and we have, a, we have a strategy that, that, that does that. So, um, and we're trying to help as many producers as we can out there. Um, I mean, on a daily basis, I see the hurt that's going on there. Uh, we're a little bit unconventional too. I, I j- kind of jokingly say, you know, there's a Seinfeld episode where George walks in and sits down with Jerry and he says to Jerry, you know, my life is the opposite of everything that I wanted to do in my life, right? So every decision based upon now, I should have done the opposite of what I did, right? So the whole episode was based on this this opposite theme. And so I think we kind of fit in there. We, we're the folks that is the complete opposite of what a lot of folks in the financial services and advisors tell people to do. And we're geared towards investors and business owners because we understand them. We are them. We, we practice what we preach. That's, that's another, another thing as well. Um, so we do our, our own things ourselves. So yeah, back to, back to the off, opposite. So we're a little bit unconventional. So you have to brand position you in a certain way to attract uh, people that would resonate with the opposite. And entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, 
they're usually the, the, the folks that do the opposite thing than most people in their life, you know, um, which we targeted them with a message too, saying like, listen, we understand that, you know, we're on a mission here uh, doing what the, the 1% is, is currently doing as far as, uh, as far as building, create, you know, creating, building and growing their wealth. Um, we'll show you what the, what they're doing. We know you're already doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing by being an entrepreneur, by creating a, a, a business, but you're still following the same advice as everyone, uh, as everyone else. So I think that's kind of our, been our messaging on that, just sharing that. But yeah, I think a, a big branding and marketing lesson was that you need to be very, very specific and the name of your brand needs to speak to your potential client. And I think that was another big change um, from, uh, from Valhalla. I, did, I, did, I just didn't feel that, that that brand necessarily spoke to our, our potential potential client. I actually, where it came to me to read is I was sitting at, I was at the 10X Growth Con down in Las Vegas, um, by Grand Cardone. And I was just thinking to myself, I had like this moment of self-reflection where Everybody in the room there, besides trying to create a better life for themselves and 10Xing, as, as, as they would say, in, in many different parts of their life, they were also producers. These are the producers. These are people going out into the marketplace with their businesses, their brands, their products, producing and creating for others. And that's where I kind of said, like, these are my people. <laughs> this is, it's a value that, that I, try, I will try to instill in my children as well, that we are you know, we are producers. We're not just consumers. We always produce more than, than what we consume. So, yeah, I would say that that's, you know, a little bit of the lessons that, that I had out of that. That's awesome. That's, and I think it's, it, it makes you do reflecting. It forces you down a path that maybe helps bring in um, the fluff or, or the noise that you may have around your, your brand. I know with, particularly with my brand and releasing my new book, I had to get really clear on what I, what is, what, what 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 do I read Goosen's truly hold you know to myself and I my it ended up being be bold be brave and go give life a crack that was sort of the the tagline because mm-hmm. you know like you mate you've moved halfway across the world I I wanted to grab life by the balls <laughs> excuse me excuse my language but it's, yeah. it's that be bold be go out and take it for yourself you know like you're saying be a producer go and do and not just consume but go to the to the inherent psyche of what those people would be attracted to your company for and hence brand it after it and have all your marketing paraphernalia have all the same sort of messaging to keep attract 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 those people who want to be producers and not just consumers i think and 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 think alternatively to the wall street investing types right absolutely and then of course you can create and build your brand in a certain way that it that it I wouldn't use the word repel, but it's not, it's not going to resonate with some people, right? If you go to a website now, Producers Wealth, some folks might say that's a little bit too Ayn Randish, right? <laughs> a little, little bit too Atlas Shruggish. And that's fine because that's kind of what we stand for. So if that's not your cup of tea, that's great. Fair play. Um, but there are a lot of folks that will resonate with that. So that's another lesson that I learned as well, because I think a lot of business owners want to be liked. Yes. And uh, they crave, you know, attention, attention and to be liked. And it's like, listen, not everybody's going to like you. There's a newsflash. You might as well get your message out there and position it in a certain way that you attract the right person and you, 
I don't want to use the word repel, but I can't think of a better <laughs> word right now, quite frankly. Turn off, I guess, the person right. that wasn't going to do business with you anyway. But it comes down to your mission statement, right? And your core values. If you don't have those very clear in your branding and your marketing, you can't then attract that right type of person because people are just like, well, what do you do? You know, the biggest thing I learned with, with pitching someone is if you're a doctor, I want to know that you're a doctor within the first three or four words out of your mouth. I don't want to have to guess right. five minutes into your pitch that you're a doctor. <laughs> yep. You know, or you, same with you. When you get your pitch really defined, that 30-second elevator pitch, it's like, oh, my name's Reed Goosens. I'm a real estate investor. Boom. They already know. They don't have to guess. Then I go into how I yep. create value, my mission statement, blah, blah, blah. Similar to what you, I guess you're doing. And I've done some some episodes on pitching, but it's uh, it's very effective around the marketing. I know we're getting a little bit off, off topic here, but it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that in 2019, I should say, because it's changed the year, you're combination with your goals and maybe people are out there thinking about rebranding and changing the way that they're trying to attract their customers. Um, any Anything with, um, I, I know with, obviously I've started my own podcast. I've got a business on the on the side that makes a lot of my wealth for me. This podcast doesn't make you know any money whatsoever because it's, it's just more of a thought platform. But yeah. t- talked about your, your, your Cashflow Ninja podcast and how that has helped you with your marketing and your brand and your messaging because ultimately that would have, open up a lot of doors, right? To help you with, with producers wealth. That's a, yeah. So Cashflow Ninja. So uh, it's two separate companies. Cashflow Ninja started too. We, uh, we talk about ways to create cash flow, right? Uh, the, to the tagline, what is the show about? How to create cash flow in the new economy? You know, we talk about real estate businesses, commodities, and paper assets. So uh, anything cash flow. So um, yeah, I mean, it, I think right there, the, the ideal listener to us was, uh, also, again, entrepreneurs, business owners, and investors, and people that want to learn alternative ways to, again, Wall Street of how to create income in this new digital age and digital economy. And it, it resonated really well with a lot of folks. We went very wide, which generally they say you have to go very narrow. But I think, you know, so it was a, I, te- I mean, I tested it. It's, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, Pat Flynn talks about, will it fly? I tested it. I went wide to get a wider audience with a lot more different people uh, coming into that and, and listening to that. And then within that wide net, then you can kind of niche down. And I mean, people listen to, um, I think the, our philosophy and if our philosophy will resonate with you, then some of the things that we have to offer, you know, people might explore, right? So they get to know you, they get to listen to you, uh, they listen to your your philosophy, they listen to some of the the principles, because because principles and values and core beliefs are universal. Whether you're investing in real estate, whether you're starting a business, which real estate is a business, but whether you're going into all these other areas. So I think when you crafted a show where that's what we're trying to communicate constantly in, in our messaging is these are investing principles. These are our values. These are our core beliefs, you know, and then on top of that then becomes the asset class that we discuss with a cash flow ninja for the day to share how they do it, you know, cash flowing gold or using their gold to cash flow or trading, you know, trading certain uh, commodities, oil, direct investing in oil and gas, uh, even crypto and blockchain, you know, all of these things. And um, so I think that was from a branding perspective and we wanted to make it fun because learning supposed to be fun. I think that's why we have the ninja. We, <laughs> we got the weird sounds. We got the colors for a little bit of pop to get some, some, uh, some attention. And then of course the martial arts theme comes from my, my dad uh, being a, a pretty famous kar- a karate con, fam- famous martial artist where 
um, one of the things that I learned from my dad is to see his, his, um, his pursuit of excellence and his craft daily. Like my dad's 70 years old. He still does a clap push up. He, get, he trains every single day because it's a way of life. He's pursuing excellence in that craft, in that specific martial art. And that really resonated and speak, spoke to me quite, and it still does because I think that's, that's kind of the, 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 the journey of wealth creation too, right? And investing. And um, you look at these top investors and folks at the, the top of the pyramid, as they say, they're still trying to reinvent themselves and try different things and, and hone their craft and get better every single day. So that was kind of what the show was and kind of like the core th uh, theme in that. And I think, um, yeah, did we take a, a risk a little bit of going wider? Yeah, but we there's certain things that we were trying to communicate, which is very, very narrow. Uh, so not again, not everyone's going to resonate with so, some of the principles, values, core beliefs, and so forth. So that that was kind of the idea behind that. No, that's that's awesome, man. It, it, it's it's a little bit different for how what the advice I got because it was niche till it hurts, right? And, yes. And, and, and create your tribe, and your tribe yep. is going to be so. You know, it can be 400 people, right? But 400 people can tell their 400 friends and it just goes on yep. from there and snowballs. So if you are thinking, if all the any listeners are out there thinking about podcasting, I just wanted to talk to you briefly about that because you have been, you, you do have the sort of the two prongs, right? You've got your marketing, which is the podcast like I do, and you have the, yep. ba the, the back end business that helps create, you know, the wealth for you and, and the advice and all that sort of stuff. So with all of that being said, because we've covered a lot of stuff, branding to, you know, getting goal, setting goals and priorities, we spoke a little bit offline, like, and, and being the position that you're in, you, you probably see a lot of folks out there who are failing at their at their their investing or their you know in their goal achievement of financial freedom. So, what has been the number one thing that you see in your day to day? Why people are failing right now in 2018, 2019 in in terms of achieving their financial goals? Yeah, we could ramble on about the wrong data, edu financial education. You know, we could go on about so many different things of why people fail. But there's one thing that's really at the core of everything that I see over and over and over. And that's that they don't have a strategy. And, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, best-selling author, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, your, your listeners are probably very well familiar with him. He talks about it all the time about that real estate is just an asset. You know, um, insurance is just a vehicle. You know, commodities is commodity. Gold and silver is gold and silver. Oil and gas is oil and gas. All these things are just vehicles. So how is it that, you know, you have a lot of folks just knocking it out of the park, just mm -hmm you know, eating meat pies, you know, <laughs> Basically, ordering meat pies rather mess that one up. Um, but why is it that some of the folks are just knocking it out of the park and other, other people are losing everything, right? Here's a great example. Um, and this is probably within the last, I, I don't know, 12, 13 months, but like that whole crypto mania that was going on, this was towards the end of, I think 2017, maybe. Um, so how is it that there's some people still today looking at buying islands in the Caribbean and then there's some folks that lost everything. They mortgaged their house. I mean, they com completely destroyed them, right? And the whole thing comes down to strategy because they don't know. Uh, they, first of all, they don't know what they have and why they have it. And they don't know what to do and why they're doing it. You know, that's, that's kind of a strategy. It's like, listen, why are, why, why are you in real estate? What, do you, what particular real estate are you in? 
how are you and why, how are you investing in real that in a certain way and why are you doing that i don't think anybody you know anybody asks themselves that question because i don't think anyone would be in uh, mutual funds in a 401k if they stopped for a second and said okay what do i own and why do i own it you know that would be the first one and the second part would be you know what am i doing do i just hand my money over to some someone else uh, or am I actually doing something and why am I doing it? So that would be the first thing. But I think a strategy is like that. That's the centerpiece of everything. Here's a, here's another analogy. I, I, I love using these. I sometimes butcher them, but I, <laughs> I keep trying oh, same here. Same here, mate. <laughs> yeah. So being from South Africa, I'm a horrible golfer, but I love watching golf. And one of my favorite golfers Retief? ever, well, Retief Retief is great. Ern, and Ernie, Ernie is, you know, uh, Ernie is one of those guys that he's just, uh, yeah, I just love watching Ernie hit a golf ball. Ernie's got a phenomenal swing. You know, they call him the big easy because of that nice golf swing that he has. Now, if someone came to me and said, MC, I, I know you're a horrible golfer, but, you know, give, give Augusta a crack, would you? Um, you could either take Ernie's clubs or his swing. Which ones are you going to take? Well, of course, I'm going to take Ernie's swing, right? But I think the majority of folks are focusing on the golf clubs. And I think that's the difference between product focused and being strategy focused. And all of the marketing, we just had a conversation about marketing. All of the marketing by media outlets and media that people are consumed is very product focused and not strategy. Buy this mutual fund. Why? I, I don't know. I mean, mm. it's just, again. It's good. Uh, just, yeah, it's, trust me. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Buy this, flip this house. Why? Right. What's, what's the strategy? Where does it fit in? Is that is wholesaling providing liquidity so I can invest in multifamily and then eventually syndicate and, you know, have my targets with, with doors and, you know, um, money under manage, all that kind of stuff, right? It's all part of the strategy. There's a bigger picture and everything is connected. And I think um, sticking to that, the, the strategy, a, a holistic strategy, because you know, this is the beginning of the, the, the new year, as you just mentioned. We know with, in health, listen, you, you have to work out, you have to eat properly, you have to recover and rest and sleep, and you have to hydrate, right? Take care, take care of your body. And everybody probably listening to this is going, well, duh, thank, yeah, thank you for that piece of advice. We know it's all connected and tied together, but when it comes to our wealth and wealth creation and our money, we have everything in different buckets. And it's completely not together, which it should be. So you can craft and craft them all together from a strategy, whether it be taxes. Yeah, I can make a lot of money. We consult, we consult with clients. They're knocking it out of the park, making a lot of money in their businesses, but they're overpaying so much for taxes. I mean, I'm talking very high, uh, very high six, seven figures in taxes. So if you, uh, at that stage, if you, um, if you can reduce your taxes, for example, by 20%, if somebody's paying almost a million dollars in taxes, do you think a 20% savings in taxes is going to move the needle for that guy? Absolutely. So it's all connected. Right, right. So in terms of strategy, how do you get really clear? How does the average person get very clear on their strategy? Is it, is it looking internally back to what we talked about earlier, about, spoke about earlier, priorities versus goals? Because it surely has to tie into that, right? Like you want to be financially free. What does that mean? How do you, you know... Oh, it means I can spend more time with my kids, right? What we're talking about. Or I want to travel the world because I just got back from the Philippines and it was incredible. Um, you know, so how does this strategy tie into play 
I guess, a partner to the goals in, in someone's life when particularly talking about financial, I guess, financial freedom, because that's really what we always talk about on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talk about the four levels of financial success. And the first part is security. So there's certain things to do to get to financial security. The second part of that is financial and economic independence. And that's when actually your passive income uh, exceeds your, your living expenses. So if it costs you 10 grand, basically, for your household to live, then 10 grand is your economic in, uh, independence number and your financial independence number. On top of that is financial freedom. We usually take the independence number, we times it by one and a half and we double it. So if using that example of 10 will get you to 30 because now you're sa still saving money. You, you've covered that. Um, you've paid off all, all of your expenses and you're still investing and growing and looking at different things, right? And then after that, it's financial significance. So that's, that's kind of the scale. That's the first thing to decide. So there are certain things that you need to do to get to security. Then there's certain things that you need to get to financial independence. And then there's certain things to accelerate it to get to uh, financial, financial freedom. And then, you know, from a, I would say from a strategy focus side, before we get a little bit more specific and tactical, you know, one of the things that I do at the beginning of every year is I write down um, my mental capital times my relationship capital, and that, e that equals my financial capital. So when I look at my, my mental capitals, what I learn, you know, what I know, what I do, my high income skill set, right? And I look at what do I need to do if you work it backwards and you figure out the, um, the financial security, the financial independence, the financial freedom, you cert have certain numbers, right? right there of what would get you there. And you can reverse engineer that with your real estate or your business and so forth. Then you bring in mental and uh, capital and relationship capital. It's like, listen, well, what extra skill set do I need to learn to move the needle on that ladder of success? What do I need to read 52 books this year, a book a week, like most CEOs? Uh, what do I need to read about? What do I need to study? Who do I need to study? What courses do I need to take? And then the relationship side of it is, who do I need to network with? What masterminds do I need to belong with? Uh, what meetups do I need to go to? And I mean, we could go on and on of where people are. That's going to get you eventually to your goals because those two combined will get you to that financial capital that'll bring you up that ladder. From a strate strategy perspective is, you know, the mental capital and the relationship capital, obviously, our core belief is that you are your number one asset, right? That's, that's our big thing. One of the things that, that really... Um, that we're really battling in the, the, the minds and hearts of people in the marketplace is that no one should just take their money and hand it over to a financial advisor and don't know anything of what's going on. They should be actively involved in researching uh, and, and crafting the strategy that's in. They should have full control. They're their number one asset. Their number one investment is in, in themselves, relationships, and in their own business. If you're a business owner, here's another thing that, that, that I find kind of strange is that people knock it out of the park in their business. And I've seen this firsthand. They absolutely crush it. They're ninjas in their business. And then they take the money that they make in their business. That's really driving the, the needle and they hand it over to a financial advisor to invest in wall street away from their unique ability, away from their strengths, away from what's driving the needle in their business and what's going to get them closer and quicker to their to their financial goals. I mentioned control, alignment and focus is another thing. If you're gonna, if your target is, for instance, 
of investing in certain a certain amount of private placements in the multifamily space, right? And, and, and you've got your target outline and you have a passive income number in mind, for instance, to achieve through, through real estate. Well, are all of your resources and assets aligned to get you to that target? You know, we have folks, oh, I've got a little bit of money here in crypto. I've got a little bit of money here in this. I got money all over the place. What if you align that and push it behind a goal? That's going to move the needle forward. That's what you do in a strategy too. Is there efficiency? Is where your money is saved? Is that efficient? Or is your assets positioned efficiently? Um, is your income efficient? And what I mean by efficiency, the big one that comes to mind, taxes, the biggest wealth destroyer. So your income, you know, Robert K. Saki talks about the cash flow quadrant, um, the E um, and the S, the B and the I, the, the employee, the self-employed, the business owner and the investor. If you're on the left-hand side of the quadrant, the, mo the more efficient income is obviously on the right-hand side. So how do I reposition it? How do I take my income from the one side and get it to the other side? Same with our assets. Is it efficiently? Uh, tax strategy is a big part. I just mentioned one of our clients that was paying a lot uh, in, in taxes and just reducing it. There's different things that you could bring into your overall plan. Conservation easements, oil and gas, huge, huge tax incentives for those uh, and some cash flow on the oil and gas side. Uh, protection is, is paramount, obviously, right? Um, risk management should be included in a strategy. There's political, there's economical, there's market, there's institutional risk. Dollar maximization is $1 doing many different things or is $1 just doing one thing. A, a buck sitting in a savings account is only doing one thing, if any these days, right? So there's strategies for you to, to do different things. That's how we, we kind of blend the insurance with, for instance, real estate for the same buck to do many different things. And then momentum is a big part of strategy. Now that we have momentum, how do we create more momentum behind it and how, how do we compound it? And eventually, how do we collapse time? A strategy should, should have that too. Um, so those are just some of a, from a strategic point, I could get more, a little bit more tactical if you want to with a framework, but those are just a couple of thoughts. It was incredible that what you were saying earlier about trying to get to the first level of independence. And it, it was just to match the, your income, your mortgage payments, your kids, your cars, shopping. But then the next step was to get to, I think it was independence. You had to double it, no, 1.5, then double it, which is kind of a high number. Like it, it's a big jump between what most people out there think, okay, I want to be financially free. I just need to replace what I'm currently, you know, my yeah. mortgage and, you know, the laundry list of stuff I've got to pay for. But you're saying, well, hang on, times it by 1.5 and then double it. Yeah. So the one of the reasons why why we we, we did that um, and it, it was something that we kind of put together. But one of the things that we do that is uh, what we what we've seen from our wealthiest client and some of the wealthiest folks is they save 40 to 50 percent of their income. So, I mean, I think and I think that's and, and that's what that's what I've done. I copy and paste a lot of stuff. I see someone that's doing something really, really well. Uh, we don't try and re reinvent the wheel. You know, we take that and we incorporate it into our strategy, into our model. We see where it fits in um, and we position it to make it our own, right? That's one of the things that I saw. And that's why I have it in there for that. Yes, you get to independence. Independence is the goal because, yeah, then, you know what? At that stage, could you stop working? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you put, especially if it's real estate, because it's going to keep up with inflation, right? The rents. But, um, you know, if you're a producer, again, back to that thing of producing and creating. If you're a producer and a creator, you want to continue doing that and continue to expand, continue to invest, continue to look at things.
you were saying 50% of wealthy people save their money. Is that correct? Yeah, they say, well, they save 40 to 50% 40 of, their of their income. Yeah. Of their income, their income, sorry. Yeah, their income. And that's just sitting in a bank, right? To then be able for, is that for a rainy day fund or what is that for? What, you, what you're seeing in, in your, your clients? Yeah, so um, yeah, what, what they do is, and again, this ties into where we, where we warehouse our savings and just something that uh, I copied and pasted too is in the insurance contracts. And then it's leveraged and it's put to work because money needs to keep moving, right? So they're saving that on an annual basis, but it's also deployed into certain areas, um, whether it be part of their tax strategy, whether it be part of their income strategy or growth, which is in this overall holistic one. So what do I mean by, um, you know, there's liquidity, there's income, there's growth, and then overall tax, tax components within a strategy. So what do I mean by that? So, you know, reducing taxes, for instance, and W2 wage earners can do this too, cons conservation easements and a direct investing in oil and gas. That's, that's, that's a very simple way to reduce taxes legally because there's incentives, tax incentives for that, right? Um, and a lot of that is available for accredited investors to do already. The liquidity, again, where you said, where do they warehouse their, where do they warehouse their cash? Money has to reside somewhere. So if you have a large sum of money, do, does it sit in a checking account in the bank? They, a lot of them put it in insurance contracts and leverage it to, uh, and to put into their income system, which is, you know, investing in, in, in real estate, their businesses and so forth, mobile home parks, cell storage, assisted living facilities and so forth. Um, and then there's growth strategies too. And this is one that uh, the big banks in Wall Street actually do where they invest in, in life settlements which is also an insurance product. So um, there's different things that you can incorporate within, within that strategy. But I think those are just different parts because holistically, they all serve a purpose, right? There's tax efficiency of reducing taxes legally. There's efficient warehousing of savings. There's efficient income on the right-hand side of the cash flow quadrant. And then there's growth strategies, which is stuff that's, um, you know, life settlements, for example, it's out of the stock market. It's not in any market, really. The only exposure that you have is uh, is currency. Interesting. No, I, I think the biggest thing that I'm learning from you right now is that you have literally a smorgasbord of opportunities and advice to give to a lot of people because a lot, I'm sure a lot of people are taking that in just like, wow, that's a fire hose of information, <laughs> right? And there's just a fire hose of different things that people can be educated on. So MC, to, to, to wrap up the show, because I do want to be respectful of your time, what is the number one piece of advice around a strategy that someone, you know, sorry, related to strategy that someone can go out and do right now in order to be, whether it's more knowledgeable or just be better educated about, again, the fire hose of information that seems that you, you guys have that produces wealth. Yeah, I would say uh, just at some time to, to think and actually reflect and review because I don't think anybody does that really. And sometimes I have to slow myself down just to get clarity in my thoughts and plan because it all starts there. Take a sheet of paper, do that mental capital and relationship capital, figure out what your needs are for your goals with it, for your mental capital, and then also from your relationship. And then from there, you could write down practical goals and targets. Like these are, I need to read 52 books this year. I need to read a book, this, uh, a book uh, a week this year on, we covered marketing. Let's just say marketing. I need to get better at marketing, right? Um, who am I going to study in marketing? You know, there, you don't have to go further than Russell Brunson, for instance. <laughs> so look at someone like that, write all of that down. Um, I would do that from a, from a strategy. 
and then also review what you currently had and ask yourself the question, what do I have and why do I have it? And then also, what am I doing right now and why am I doing that? And then you'll start to, there'll be more follow-up questions. Well, why am I invested in this particular stock that I've zero control over, but I'm trying to grow my business and invest in real estate? Um, so I think th those are some practical steps that they can, that they can take. Um, and then also, uh, another thing that I do as well, I try to do on a monthly basis for my business and also, uh, my personal economy is review for inefficiencies and we have a tool that, that we'll be able to share with your listeners as well, if they're interested. Yeah. I'd love um, to love to hear it. Yeah. It's, it's called the cash flow audit, um, guide. So, uh, they could go to your own banking system.com. There's a webinar, there's a free course, but there's also a guide which they can download in the guide. It walks you through uh, certain things that you can look at for inefficiencies within your own personal economy and then also within your own business economy. So a lot of our clients have had a lot of success finding, uh, inefficiencies, which resulted them into recapturing, you know, hundreds and in, in one uh, or two people's example, uh, a, a couple of thousand bucks a month uh, that they didn't even know really that they were losing and that they were inefficient. In. Yeah, I think, that, again, goes back to there's so many different things you, you out there that people can can do in order to get clear on a strategy. But I think what you said before is sit down and take some time to really review why you're, you, you, your whole like, why am I invested in, in this particular 401k? Or why am I invested in this stock? Does it really resonate with your goal in order to achieve your financial freedom or whatever that may, or maybe it's a tax incentive. You want to, you know, you want to save some more in taxes. So really being crystal clear on your goal, aligning that with your strategy, mate. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I could continue talking to you for, for another couple of hours, but I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, I want to, I want to sort of summarize the show. You know, can you give me some of your top three uh, investing tips for the listeners in 2019? Yeah, I think, especially in 2019, I think we're, there's going to be a lot of volatility. So I think back to be, clarity would be number one, yep. because there's going to be volatility. So you have to know what you're doing and why you're doing it, what you have and why you have it. And then also I would tie into number two is risk management. Understand that there are different risks out there, not just one particular one. I'll give you, I, I mentioned there's four, right? So political is big one. We all know about economy and markets. We're very well aware, but institutions is also a big one. So in 2008, 2009, if you shorted, for instance, the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones, but your money was with Lehman Brothers or Bear Stearns, guess what? You lost money too. So you did the right thing. You had the right strategy. You were on the money. Um, ready to pop the champagne, but guess what? Your money was in the wrong institution. So that's a big one. So that I would say uh, the clarity, the risk management. And then I would also say that, you know, make this to finish off, make this a year about um, building a strategy around you, something that you, that you want to do. We also, we always kind of mold and we're shaped uh, around different things of what other people are saying. And we take advice from, you know, from, from, let's just say financial advisors, you know, in this one, but what do you want? What do you, what are you interested in? Um, what's important to you because everyone is different, right? So, uh, build a strategy around your strengths, um, and, uh, around yourself and, and what you're looking to accomplish. So that's, those will be my big three, but be very cautious, 
uh, do, do navigate things properly, um, be very clear, manage risk, and build, uh, build a strategy around what's best for you. That's awesome, mate. I think you've summarized it really, really well. Um, I want to thank you for jumping on the show today. I know that you provided some incredible, you know, just absolute cracking advice. And just my three pieces of takeaway that I took out of today's show, I think was the the financial multiplier, which you were just talking about before about saving 50% or 40% of money. The big guys uh, do that. So it's, you know, you've got your financial independent number and then you've got to get your sort of financial um freedom number, which is 1.5 times two. I also think, you know, we spoke earlier about in the show with its 2019 being very clear on your priorities versus your goals and then how that ties into your strategy. I think that's really, really important. And some of the big takeaways for me personally, um, talking talking to you. Did, did I leave anything out, mate? No, that was great. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Well, mate, I want to thank you again for taking some time out of your day because you know you've got two busy little kids uh, running around. Um, and enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Reed. Well, there you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from MC Laubscher. If you do have, want to check out MC's uh, you know, stuff and information, head over to his website at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. And we're going to do this all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and go give life.